Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Slam Podcast. Um, we're getting closer and closer to sort of the sort of like the the finale of the FedEx Cup, um, the Tour Championship. Um, we had a busy week though um, with the Evian Championship, of course. And at the Evian Championship, the, the number one number one driver in play was, of course, a Callaway driver um, with over forty percent of players using Callaway. Um, it was a number one driver brand at the Evian Championship, um, and it was also the number one fairway and number one iron brand. Callaway are, of course, our partners for the Slam, so um, they are having an incredible season, and it that, that just continues. It's a, it's a running theme of the podcast, really, where we rave about how well Callaway are doing, and um, it's becoming no secret. So um, we'll crack on. Um, Matt, you have been playing golf, or you were playing golf last week, weren't you? Yeah, yeah I was up in the, the northeast of England. Uh, lovely part of the world. Uh, the golf wasn't as good as you might have seen at the uh, at the Evian or the Senior Open or, <laughs> or the 3M. But um, no, we had some fun. We got absolutely soaked. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. So, so, so where did you play again? As we played in Bamburgh Castle, Dunstanborough Castle, and then the Northumberland, which is actually inside uh, Newcastle Racecourse. Oh, right, okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, three very nice. Very nice course. The Newcastle, uh, the Northumberland, sorry, is um, a regional qualifying event as well for the the Open. So it was in decent nick as well, despite mm. all the rain. The golf again was not in that decent nick, yeah. but you know, <coughs> we, we we had fun and uh, lost a few golf balls. A few <laughs> nice. Do you have any money games uh, or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I played. Yeah, so we we played in a like a pairs thing, mm. and uh, I actually got two on the very. So, a par three. Oh, nice! It was like, oh, this is going to be, it's going to be a good week. This. <laughs> it's going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, quickly went downhill. <laughs> so, yeah, I took a few quid off off the lads we were playing with, so um, that that was it. Yeah, well, then. yeah, that, 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 that is the um, that is surely the uh, the target at the start of the week. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, as, as I mentioned, um, we'll crack on with the. I think we'll start with the Evian Championship because it was a big, big moment, a big, big week for Celine Boutier, who um. Who achieved the lifelong dream? Really, she she won the Amundi Evian Championship on on home turf. Um, the twenty nine year old was is now the first French woman to win her home her home major um, at Evian Le Bain in France. Um, she shot a final around sixty eight um, to win in absolute dominant fashion by six shots. Um, afterwards, she said, um, "Honestly, it has been my biggest dream ever since I started watching golf. Um, this tournament has always been very special to me." Um, just even watching as a teenager um, and to be able to hold this trophy is pretty unbelievable. So it was a mem- it's probably the biggest week of Celine Boutier's uh, career. Um, it's the largest tour- it's the largest winning ma- winning margin in the tournament's history, along with Lydia Ko, who won it by the same margin in 2015. Um, and the tournament only claimed major status in 2013. So a huge week for for uh, Celine Boutier, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean. <coughs> You know, for, for any home player to firstly to play in a major on home soil, especially a European player, because you know there's there's not as many majors over here. Um, but firstly, the way she played all week was just you know sublime, um, almost lapping the field as such. Um, you know, six shots clear of Brooke Henderson, who was the defending champion as well. Um, yeah, it was an incredible performance and one that was very well deserved, much like Brian Harmon the week before. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, there's been a few, par- yeah, a few parallels to be drawn there, um, but this time, obviously, um, Boutier was being cheered on by her home fans, 
um, in, in France. And she started the day, well, the final day, with a three-stroke lead. Um, so similar to Harman, she should have been sleeping on quite a big lead. Um, never an easy thing to do, I can only imagine. Um, but she birdied the first two holes. <laughs> she um, she she made a bogey on the back nine, but that was her first bogey in 19 holes, I think. So literally very similar to Brian Harmon. Um, just kept her cool and kept the chasing pack off. Brooke Henson ended up coming, coming second. Um, and she was the only player to play all four rounds in the 60s. So a pretty dominant display. A win on home turf. Um, she's only... She's now the winning most. Well, she's she's the winning most um, French woman on on the LPGA tour. Um, she had um, she won her third career title at the Drive On Championship at Superstition Mountain. Yeah, so she's now just the third um, women's major winner from France. Um, the first one was Catherine Lacoste, who won the US Women's Open in 1967 as an amateur, and then Patricia Menier Lebouc. I hope I've, <laughs> I hope I've um, pronounced that correctly. Who won the 2003 Craft Nabisco Championship and Alex Chevron? Um, so yeah, what did you make? What do you make of the golf course um, at the Evian Resort course? Um, I saw, I saw the odds. Well, go on. Yeah, you, you give me your verdict and w- w- what you saw of the golf last week. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, we talk about parallels to, to you know between Boutier and Harmon and. I think was it the sixteenth, the par three sixteenth also seemed to cause uh, and correlate a few parallels in, you know, there was a lot was said about the sixteenth, but for different reasons it was sort of more the slow play element this week um, at the Evian on Monday compared to sorry the Monday Evian compared to you know the runoff areas and the the waste areas and, and so on that was you know, linked with 17 at Royal Liverpool. Um, but of course, this is a course that has, is very similar to what it has been over the last 10 years or so. And there's not been major changes. And, you know, the majority of players will have played there before. And so, so maybe it could have been expected. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, they were saying, you know, it shouldn't take six hours to play golf round. And that is obviously true. And obviously that came to fruition. Um, quite, quite... Quite largely in during the tournament. Certainly. Well, um, what Matt's alluding to there is, of course, Carlotta Saganda, who was disqualified from the from the Evian um, for refusing to accept accept a slow play penalty. Um, she shot a seventy two in the second round um, at the resort, but she was penalised for breaching the LPGA Tour's pace of play policy. Um, so, in an emailed statement um, that was reported in various places, um, an LPGA spokesperson wrote that Saganda's group, which also had Anna Norquist and Celine Herbin, um, received a warning on the seventh hole after being out of position. Um, so the statement said, the group failed to make up time for the seventh hole, therefore the group was t- the group was timed starting on number eight. On the ninth hole, Carlotta Saganda's shot time has prompted, prompted the two-stroke penalty. So she was allowed an appeal um, with the advance and lead rules officials before returning her scorecard, which was heard, but denied. So a stroke, two-stroke penalty was upheld, but Siganda opted <laughs> opted not to add the, the, the two-stroke penalty to her signed scorecard. Um, she was told that leaving the, the official recording area with a signed score lower that would lead to, to disqualification and left on her own accord. So, 
I mean, it's, it's it's quite a mad thing. She put on her Instagram story, I believe, um, afterwards, and uh, wrote, I got a few messages about the DQ from yesterday. I want to be very clear, and the reason I did not sign a seven on the last hole is because I don't think I took 52 seconds, like the rules official said. I had a 10-footer on the last hole, last putt, and the group behind, they were not even on the tee on a par five. Very poor performance from the LPGA rules official. They don't understand what professional golf is about, they only look at their stopwatch like if 20 seconds is going to make a difference. I had family and friends watching and they all said it was impossible I took that long to hit that putt. Yesterday was tough and out, out, tough out there with windy conditions and difficult pins and I wish everyone gets treated the same and they don't pick on the same players all the time. That's all. So a pretty incredible little back and forth between the LPGA and, and Carlotta Saganda here, isn't there? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you know, she, she opted to, to choose the, the DQ option um, mm. because she would have missed the cut with back-to-back 74s if she'd have opted to not appeal and take the, the seven on, on the last. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't actually, I haven't actually seen, you know, any footage of it. So obviously, you know, we can only speculate mm. as to whether it was or, or not. Um, but like we said, it was, it was a topic throughout the week. Um, I think Jessica Corder, um, she, tweet, she tweeted out saying about the 16th, as I was mentioning earlier, it's a stressful hole, and now mm. you get to sit on the tee box for 10 or 15 minutes or more and watch the carnage that's happening in the group in front. No wonder the rounds are six plus hours. <laughs> don't blame slow play on the players. Um, so, I mean, I don't know whether, I can't remember what order that came and whether that came in mm. regards to what happened to Carlotta. Um, yeah, I mean, if it is true that the other group behind, you know, were not on the tee box, especially on a par five, then you have to sort of imagine there should be even more slow play penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we saw it with uh, Richard Bland, of course, mm-hmm. sort of was it four weeks ago or so at uh, Live Golf. Well, it's something, we've seen it here. It's something that keeps coming up, isn't it? We sort of, yeah. it seems like each week we talk about, we talk about the Ryder Cup, we talk about... Um, we talk about and, and and slow play. Slow play is is. I mean, it's always been a debate, as, as we always keep saying each week. Um, but it's now reared its head in the women's game. So, but, but you, you never really see that sort of reply from a player, though. You, I think um, certainly Richard Bland didn't reply to, to, to his penalty in in, in that fashion. Um, and then you get groups sometimes that get put on the clock and things like that. But to do such a public sort of Criticism, really, criticism of of, of the LPGA tour and its fast play, its well pace of play policy. It's pretty, it's a pretty unprecedented reply from from Zaganda. Um, massively frustrated. Yeah, I mean, she's sort of sort of sticking it to the establishment there, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the only problem is is she, you know, biting the hand that feeds her. Mm. Um, you know, will that lead to further punishment from, mm. from those above in the LPGA? Um, I, I can't see why it would, you know, freedom of speech and, and so on. Um, she's just obviously was just annoyed at what happened. Um, but yeah, it, it she feels like she's been made an example out of. Mm, yeah, um, it, it, it appears that way. Um, I p- picked up on another thing. I picked up on another thing from the Evian Championship. Um, so Angel Yin, she had a good start in the first round, um, and for the second year running. Um, at the Evian, a player, Angel Yin in this case, 
um, had her ball picked up while it was in play. And now, I honestly, I I do not understand. I don't care how old you are, if you're a child, if you're an adult, I don't understand why if you go to a golf tournament and you see a golf ball, you then pick it up. I, it, it absolutely does my head in. So Yin was playing the par 5 15th hole um, and a shot sort of skimmed the fairway just outside the ropes. And a, a, a young fan then picked up the ball and then Yin afterwards said the kid was really, really happy and I was far away and I saw his arm go up. So the caddy was, wasn't that best, wasn't that pleased. The caddy sort of went off in pursuit of the kids um, and then walked the boy back and asked him to point out where the ball had initially landed. So this led to sort of talks and things like that. And then the rules official wanted to determine where the shot should be taken from. I, I Honestly, I cannot... It really annoys me, to be honest. Where did it happen recently? It might have happened at the match play in March. Obviously, that's obviously that's not recent. The match play in March or the PGA. might have been the PGA as well, where someone has seen a ball in the rough or like the walkways where all the grass is flattened down and picked up the ball. It's like, what else? Where else do you think that ball's come from? It's not come from the driving range, is it? It's yeah, obviously I mean, a player. I mean, I, I sort of have some sympathy. I mean, looking... I mean, I've seen the pictures, and the kid looks to be, you know, ten max. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so I have, I have some sympathy in the fact that, you know, it, it might well be his first golf tournament that he's been to, um, and he's, he's just, you know, what kids are like. They see something, and it's like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, golf ball. Um, you know, whereas if it's a 50, 55 year old bloke, then there's no sympathy. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I do have some sympathy for the kid, um, and obviously, you know, she, I think she was able to she was able to play on um, from where mm. you know where it, where it was. Um, yeah, I suppose. I, I suppose. Made yeah, main par, and then you know, eventually, actually finished with a sixty-seven. Um, but yeah, it's one of those one of those things where it's just, um, you know, a kid sees a golf ball, um, picks golf ball up. You know, it's just it's it's one of those things that happens. I suppose if you're trying to bring kids into the game and get them watching the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose I suppose a bit more slack can be cut for a kid. I suppose. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures now, and it is like a, it is like a very, very young lad. Um, and and uh, Angel Yin didn't seem to sort of be that too too bothered about it either. Um, signed yeah, for yeah, exactly, exactly. So I suppose if she's not that annoyed, then I shouldn't be that annoyed. But and it is, <laughs> and it is, a, it is only a kid. Um, but I do. I, this is a clear. This is a clear thing that keep that that does happen far too often, where fans are picking up golf balls. Um, I don't know. I feel like if I was a child, I feel like I'd, I'd definitely. Well, I, 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 I don't know. It's difficult to know? say, isn't it? Would but. You know? Like, because, like I said, it's your first time at a golf tournament, you've only just got into golf or, or whatever, you know, you've gone with your dad and your mum or whatever, and you see a golf ball, you're going to think, oh, it's a golf ball. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I can totally understand why the kids picked it. Like I say, if they were any older than 10 or 12, then you'd be like, right. What yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I but it, it happened at the Evian, yeah, it happened yeah. at the Evian last year as well. Because Nelly, yeah, Nelly Corder. I mean, it's just, it's a minor, it's a minor issue if you think about all the tournaments that happen in the world, and it only happens a couple of times. But it's just the sense of it, and I think I don't know, mate. You can cut more slack for a, for a kid, perhaps, but I still think it's pretty poor. Like I don't know, if if I was ten, 
how old? What year are you in in school when you're ten? Is it year five or year six? Year five. Yeah, you're still in primary school. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't pick up a golf ball at a golf tournament. Easy to say, isn't it? I suppose. Mm, let's let's go back in time and check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that'd probably lead to a bit of embarrassment on my part. To be fair, because I probably would pick up pick up a golf ball. <laughs> but um, yeah, as I, as I say, congratulations to Celine Boutier. Fantastic stuff. So we'll move on to a very different golf tournament um, with the Senior Open Championship. So, I mean, for whoever watched this golf tournament, it was absolutely brutal. Porth Call did not hold back. Um, I played I played Royal Porth Call back in March, and it was absolutely amazing. It, I, I absolutely loved it, and it was in we played it in quite brutal wind as well. Um, but it was an absolutely incredible golf course. I thought I was really impressed by it. Um, the way they played it, so the 18th, the eight, no, so the first hole that they were playing, that's the 18th on the normal course, I believe. Um, it's like downhill towards the sea with a clubhouse on the left. Um, yeah. And so the first hole would be the, the second hole that they played. So that sort of goes along the coast. Then you've got a few holes along the coast and it goes very much inland. Um, but I was really impressed by Porth Call. I thought it was absolutely brilliant when I played it. And it looked, it looked massively brutal on... On Sunday and throughout the week, you know, Colin Montgomery shot 88. Um, 26 players out of 70 failed to break 80. Um, there was an 89, I believe. Um, yeah. Even, the, the, I mean, the, the winning score, well, the winning scoring regulation was five over, wasn't it? With Alex Checker and Padre Carrington tying on five over with Alex Checker eventually beating Padre Carrington um, on the second playoff hole in Wales. So what did you make of the... Um, the coverage of the senior open. I mean, I was loving it. I mean, yeah, you know, we we always say we have we've had this conversation before. You know, should the open be, and then of course, therefore the senior open should it be tough or should there be scores out there? And the open for me should always be tough. Should mm. always be sort of the toughest one. It's the only links test. Um, and obviously the weather does play a part in that. The great British summer course and we saw that in in bits at royal liverpool mm. you know where there's a few few showers here and there when the wind's gone up it was difficult but porth call was a completely different beast yeah the, the first couple of days to then the weekend i mean i don't think there was anyone who shot under par on saturday and then you know sunday was even worse like say five over being the winning score um, i think rich bean finished last on 26 over par. <laughs> um, I mean, it was Patrick Silfold who shot the 89 on last yeah. day. Um, only Wai Yang shot level par on on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in the end, Alex Checker somehow wearing short sleeves, woolly hat and waterproof trousers. Yeah. Um, eventually got the job done with a, with a birdie on the second playoff hole. Um, and of course, it leaves Padre Harrington Finishing runner-up in the senior open twice in both of his, you know, appeared twice, finished, uh, finished second twice. And still looking for the open senior open double. Yeah, and we'd be only the fifth player, I believe, to do that if he was to, if he was completed. So yeah, Alex Check has won, he's won um, three three senior majors now. Um, he was absolutely delighted, wasn't he, at the end? Um, he sort of said at the end, "What a day! I still can't believe I'm here. I've beaten Padraig in a playoff. He's such a great player. It's been a really tough two days." I can't believe I'm standing here, standing with the trophy here. 
seeing all of those great names in the trophy, coming in here with all the pictures and everything, all the guys who have won it before me, now holding it myself, it is surreal. So yeah, this is third third senior major. Um, and yeah, I think I think 16 holes. I think 16 of the 18 holes averaged over par, which is um, which is hardly surprising. But I've, I've really, I've really, I know this is a classic, this is a trait of senior golf and the PGA Tour champions um, and things like that and the Legends Tour every week. But it is, it is great. It's such a blast in the past, even for us who are sort of fairly youngish golf fans. Um, you still see, you still watch it and see Vijay Singh, Montgomery, um, Harrington, and people like people like Singh and Montgomery. They were golf. Yeah, yeah. In, in the two thousands, along with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, you know, they were they were the, the sort of you know non Americans that you would you mm. know cheer for. You know, everyone wanted Vijay to win. Uh, obviously, as Brits, we loved watching Monty, and obviously his exploits in the Ryder Cup were incredible. Um. But yeah, I mean, the, the list of names in, in this, like, towards the top, you know, Bernard Langer, well, we know how many senior majors he's mm. won, KJ Choi, Paul Laurie, Tong Chai Jai Di. Um, it's just so fun, well, like, like yeah, it, it, it gives you, like, yeah, with, with, the, with those players, it, it just sort of gives you a taste of what you didn't have, I think, because obviously... You have Langer, who's, who's, who breaks. It seems to break a record every time he wins on the on the champion on the PGA Champions Tour. Um, it just gives you a taste of what we couldn't have because obviously we're, we're far too young. Like we weren't even born when um, Langer was winning Masters titles. Um, and I saw, you know, we, I didn't really. See, I, I think I started watching golf in about two thousand and eight. I think two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Then from then I was I was obsessed, but. So then I, I missed missed people like Darren Clark in their prime, people like Colin Montgomery, um, and it just gives you a taste of, of what it was like. I know they're not they're not actual majors, but it means I, th- I feel like it, it, it. There's no doubt that it means a lot to these players to win these tournaments because it keeps sort of keeps that like competitive fire burning, doesn't it? In a way, yeah. And I mean, obviously we saw we saw you know, Phil Mickelson go over and play on the Champions Tour mm. and then come back and win the PGA Championship. Um, you know, Podrick was playing well at the Open last week, and obviously then in position against it to win at the Senior Open. Um, it's yeah, like I said, it's just good to see those names again. You know, Harrington, Clark, Jimenez. Obviously, Miguel was leading after the first round. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a brutal weekend it was. Just see, um, you see, always see the, when Jimenez comes out, you always see the classic warm up, warm up gym videos, don't you? Hideki's tried to take those on um, at Royal Liverpool last week, which uh, I said we we uh, we all love to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was just another another great week of difficult testing golf. It's just it's just um, unbelievable. I'm just, I've got the leaderboard up now. So you've got yeah, you, as you said, you've got Rich Beam in last place on 25 over, and then you've got Montgomery in 68th place. So he made he made three double bogeys and a triple bogey in the last round. Montgomery, he made one birdie. And I think there was one eagle all week. Um, I can't remember who I can't remember who who made it now. There was one eagle all week, and then Harrington on the last hole had an eagle putt to win win the championship. That would have been just a second eagle all week, and then he duffed a chip in the playoff, didn't he? Um, which is a sh- shame to see because you you see all these um, instruction videos that Harrington makes and all the um, all the tuition he gives, and he's 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 sort of finding a new lease of life on the on the seniors tour in America. It's never any. Shock when he's at the top of these leaderboards on the on the senior on the senior circuit. 
Um, but that was a pretty uncharacteristic mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> whether it was a case of you know tiredness after playing you know mm. one round of the open last week, and then you know coming through the senior open and obviously being battered by the conditions. Um, whether that played an effect, yeah, it was a very unharrington mm. finish to the tournament. And obviously, you know, fair play to Alex Shecky, he was there when it, when it mattered most. Yeah, I just birdie. loved it. I just love this leaderboard. You got KJ Choi. You got KJ Choi. He won it. He just won at Sawgrass, and I think KJ Choi. Um, yeah, Ken Ken Duke. Well, yeah, Wai Yang. All these players. There's um. So you got you got Jerry Kelly who finished. He finished seventh, but he shot eight over in the final round. You got Philip Archer who's finished tied fifth. He shot eight over in the final round. Alex Checker shot five over. Harrington shot four over. I mean. Parrington was four over through his first four holes yesterday, the double on the fourth, and then played the last um, last fourteen holes in level par. I mean, what I mean, what golf that is? Yeah, I mean, like you said, new lease of life over the last few years for for Bodrick, and you know, he's changed his swing slightly to moving his left foot out when he hits drivers to mm. get some more power, and he's mm. you know he's hitting the ball further than he ever has at the age of you know in his low fifties. These, um, these scores are unbelievable. Sorry, there's Greg. So Wai Yang shot level, and that was the best score on the day, easily. Yeah. And then Paul Paul Laurie has shot ten over, and has finished tied twentieth. He's a, this is it's an incredible leaderboard, and it just shows how how brutal it was. I wonder. It makes you wonder how how well the PGA Tour stars and the DP World Tour stars and you know and the players on Live Golf. I wonder if they stuck stuck them on that that course in that wind. Wonder how they'd have got on because these senior players are still top top players, obviously. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you'd maybe expect a couple less shots here and there. Yeah, maybe because of the the power, you know, compared to you know the the folks on on the on the Legends Tour and the, and the Champions Tour, as we said. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at what happened at Royal Liverpool last week. You know, mm. JT shot an eighty-two, DJ shot an eighty, or something like that. You know, it's. Links golf is a test, whether it's in the sunshine or in the rain, it doesn't matter. It's still a test. Um, no, it's fantastic. The, wind, the wind and rain on Sunday definitely made it a brutal <laughs> test. No, I think I'd, I'd, I'd challenge anyone to find the leaderboard that is more mad than that. People shooting eight over par and moving up like five places on the leaderboards. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned JT there. Well, first of all, congratulations to Alex Checker, obviously. Um, it was it was a brutal week, and he was absolutely buzzing afterwards, as, as you can tell. Um, but you mentioned JT there. It was another missed cut for JT. Sadly, yeah. sadly vindicating our thoughts from from last week um, when he's entered the three M Open. He's he's going to play at the Wyndham next week, and he has sadly missed the cut um, yeah. at TPC Twin Cities on on Friday. Um, I saw the JT. Tracker, um, you know these tracker Twitter accounts. Yeah, the what do you make of these incredible. tracker Twitter accounts? I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. The speed, the, the, <laughs> whoever does the speed one is is great. Um, the Brooks Kepka one's pretty funny as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I quite like them. I think it's good. Yeah, it's um, good laugh, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're good. I mean it's live it's, tweet in the event. Yeah, 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 yeah. For example, like it showed JT like miss a part like a crucial stage. Um, but it's like he's, he's but but the, the, whoever runs it, like I wonder, I wonder if they got like a like that's a sort of cult. Do you reckon they've got like a WhatsApp group of all the trackers? Oh, could you imagine <laughs> how much golf gets talked about in that? That's, the, wow. I wonder if they do actually have like a WhatsApp group 
because there's there's so many. There's like a there's like a um. Well, I bet there's a Lee Hodges tracker. I, I, I bet there is, and there'll be there'll be like a JT Poston tracker. That it's it's to be fair, I, I find them quite useful. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we were at the Open um, a couple of weeks ago, and you know, you've you've got the big screens up when you're watching the live, you know, the world feed. But you know, you're not, you don't get to see every shot, you don't get to see every birdie, every bone. Yeah. Um, so having actually these trackers coming up and constantly refreshing <laughs> on Twitter, and be like, oh. Brooks has got a ten footer for birdie on five, and then it's like, well, okay, all right, he's make, maybe making a move, and um, you know, and obviously for JT it was like, oh, another bogey on, you know, mm. so now six of the day, um, and of course again he struggled this week in in Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities, like we said, missing the cut. Um, it was only one, uh, two shots off the cut line. He finished at two under, alongside the likes of. Christian Bazaden, how Nick Watney, Cameron Young, Joel Darman. Um, you know, there's some big names that Sung Jae also missed the cut. Sepp Stracker was another. Um, oh, did he? I, 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 I didn't actually realise that. Sepp Stracker missed the cut. Yeah, yeah. Gary Woodland finished three over after two rounds um, and so on. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think yeah, four under was the cut. Um, and in the end, yeah. only three players actually finished over par. Well. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it does appear like that is a. Although Sepp Stracker, I mean, it's it's that is indicative of Sepp Stracker really because he does he puts in these great performances at the Open, Windsor, John Deere, and then he throws in a missed cut, and it just it, it must give Luke Donald the biggest headache headache possible. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think. You know, if you're going to play him at the Ryder Cup, is if he has a good round, say Friday morning, when do you play him again? Yeah. If you know that he's probably going to have a bad round. But of course, then again, if he has a good week, he can play four good rounds. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, if you get him on a good week, playing Friday both times on Saturday and then singles on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, what Luke Donald will be thinking. And the streaky players, I mean, those streaky players, they, they, they aren't necessarily, um, could, could be suited more to match play. Because obviously, if you get a six on a match play hole, you just go one down or you, or you just lose one hole. So if, if, if you can still make these birdies that, that we've been seeing him make um, at places like the John Deere Classic and the Open, but you know, he's missed that cut. So he shot 71-71. Before John Deere, he'd finished tied 64th at the Rocket Mortgage, missed the cut at the US Open. He's, he's missed the cut at the Heritage, the Wells Fargo, the Arnold Palmer as well, um, and a couple at the start of the season. He did. He did lose in a playoff at the Sandton Farms Championship. Yeah, like you say, just going back on the streaky player sort of thing. You know, all, all you need is one one good weekend at the Ryder Cup. You know, it's, <clears throat> and he's definitely the sort of player that can provide that. You know, we saw how well he played at the weekend at Royal Liverpool. You know, he shot up all the way to tied second. Mm. You know, in the end, no one was catching Brian Harmon, um, but he was uh, in very good form that weekend. Yeah, it's a missed cut, but obviously it could be a coming down from the high of the mm. open. You know, you know, having to travel from <clears throat> to the UK, from, sorry, to Minnesota from the UK, dealing with the jet lag time difference and so on. You know, there's there's obviously a lot of things that would have gone into it having finished late on Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah, he did lose in a in a in a playoff at the Sandton Farm Championship, um, and it could have been t- and he finished second at the Open. A tie second, so it could have been potentially three wins for Sepp Strack. I know he wasn't going to catch Harmon, but it could have been three wins for Sepp Strack this year. 
So, um, but we haven't, you know, we talked about the 3M Open so far. We haven't even mentioned the winner, Lee Hodges, um, who won by seven shots. Um, JT Poston set a few notes on fire in the last hole, didn't he? So, well, he, he finished tied seconds, um, but he was on course to, if you made a seven at the last to wrap up solo second, he'd have won 850 grand. He made an eight to fall into tied seconds to win 590 grand. I mean, you know, 590 is not exactly a figure to sniff at, but it, with one shot, essentially, he did lose 260 grand in one hole, um, which yeah, is... I mean, and again, it was, no one was really going to catch Hodges. No. He was miles clear at the end. I think he had two eagles in the final round on the par, par fives, um, and he just looked in control all week. Yeah, a wire to wire to win. Um, and it's his first win on, on, the, on the PGA Tour. Um, and yeah, seven shots is unbelievable. He absolutely bit of a mic drop finish, wasn't it? When he absolutely, when he ripped his he ripped his approach back to back to the hole on the 18th at TPC Twin Cities. Um, so a, a, a fantastic win, and he's risen to I believe 33rd in the FedEx Cup rankings, which is what can happen. You know, he is he's grasped the moment which people like Step Stracker and Justin Thomas haven't. He went from 74th to 33rd. In the FedEx Cup standings, he's now in good stead to challenge. Well, to be, he's going to be, he's going to be in the first event, the FedEx St Jude, and then you've got the BMW after that, and the Tour Championship. So he's in good stead to to make to make the Tour Championship and make big money. Like, and he is a player with these no cut events that got announced like um, uh, earlier this year, um, and then they'll be next year, and then the people who get into them is based on priority. Um, and players who maybe need to gain priority rankings are going to play in this are going to play this autumn as well. So for the players that complained about the new no cut formats, um, maybe maybe some people that claim that it favours the best players or it favours um, the biggest names who are going to play in the week in week out. Well, look at Lee Hodges. If you play good golf, you'll you'll earn you'll earn the right to be in these events and. I think I think it just this week just gone just shows that um, just shows that if you take the ball by the horns on the PJ Tour, I mean God, like we're talking about it, like it's like it's a piece of piss. But if you take the ball by the horns on the PJ Tour, I mean, look look what can happen. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned what well, from seventy fourth, and of course the top seventy um, make it into next week's FedEx and Jude Championship, and you know talking about JT earlier. He's one of so many big names that might actually miss out um, in making the FedEx. You know, there's a couple of big names sort of just inside mm. um, the likes of Matt Kuchar, Aaron Rye, of course, who won in Scotland a few years ago, Cam Davis as well. He's just jumped up to 69th after last week. Um, they're just inside, and then outside you've got the likes of Shane Lowry, Justin Thomas. Matt Wallace, Adam Scott, Danny Willett, um, they're all sort of within, you know, less than 100 FedEx Cup points mm. of making it into the top 70. Kevin Streelman, who finished runner-up this week in Minnesota, has jumped up to 84, so he's now in with a chance. Um, but there's some massive names. Gary Woodland is 90th. Yeah, these weeks f- and these weeks fly by, don't they? These weeks absolutely fly by. Exactly, Christian Bezadenhout, of course, who had a decent week at the Open. He's 107th. Um, he's obviously, of course, one of those DP World Tour players that's still sort of trying to make it on mm. the PGA Tour. 
but yeah, like I said, the likes of Lowry, Thomas, Willett, big names to miss out on the FedEx Cup playoffs if they don't get results. Yeah, yeah. And I think, just refer back to when the new schedule was announced um, for, for next year and the sort of, the well, it is a rumour, but it, it, I think yeah, they are going to happen in terms of no cut events and priority rankings and things like that and how players get into these events to earn the biggest money. Like you've got Nick Taylor, who's 12th um, in the in the FedEx Cup standings. He won the um, Canadian Open, of course, beating Tony Fleet within a playoff. You've got um, Emiliano Grillo, 20th. You've got Adam Schenk, 23rd. You've got Chris Kirk, 26th. Taylor Moore, 27th. You know, if I mention these players to my mates who don't like golf, they're not household names, are they? But it just goes to show that I feel like there's a perspective that in these no-cut events, in these restricted field events um, that are going to come next year, it's just going to be household names. It's just, it's just going to be, oh, the biggest names are benefiting. Well, I don't think that's true because you've got these players who are not exactly um, familiar with the winner circle that often, but they are earning themselves the right um, to, to be... Um, at the top table and and be at the tour championship. You know, as you mentioned then, so the top 70 get through to the FedEx and Jude championship, which is after. So this week is the Wyndham championship. The week after is the FedEx and Jude. It's the top 70 players. So 71 is Ben Taylor, 72, Garrick Higo, 73, KH Lee, who's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's not in the top 70. David Lingmurth, Davis Thompson, Sh- Sh- Shane Lowry. Like, we go on about Justin Thomas. Um, who won a major last year. Um, he's 79th. But we've got on Shane Lowry, who's 76th. He's only three places above. And we're on about him being an absolute lock for the European team. And you've got Justin Thomas back in 79th. And you've got me, people like me saying that he can't get in. But how does that work? <coughs> yeah. I mean, I think you also have to admit, you know, understand that the American team on paper, it's probably a lot stronger mm. in terms of rankings and FedEx Cup points. Um, whereas obviously Shane Lowry sort of encapsulates that European European spirit. Mm. You know? And just looking at the field for this week, everyone from 56 um, in the FedEx Cup rankings, which is actually Hideki Matsuyama, 56 all the way down to 86 all feature this week. It's a big week, isn't it? Well, so Danny Willett, Joel Day, yeah. Adam Scott, Matt Wallace, Justin Thomas, Shane Lowry, like I say, David Lingworth, Garrick Higgo, Ben Taylor. Mm. Um, you know, they're all in this week. All in this week, along with, you know, the names further down, Aaron Badley, David Lipsky, Gary Woodland, Alex Noren, Christian Bezraden Howe, Martin Laird, who was another runner-up this week. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Yeah, he keeps yeah, popping up, doesn't he, Martin Laird? He's, Martin Laird's a funny one, isn't he? He keeps he sort of keeps popping up in these events in America. He, he's one of them that's never really been near a Ryder Cup place, but he sort of pops up with good finishes in America. And you sort of think, where where has he come from? Yeah, I mean, he's had four career wins on the on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean that is um, I mean that is a sneaky good record, isn't it? It's it's one of those. He's, Obviously, like you say, he, obviously he's proven that he can mm. compete. Seven runner-up finishes, um, forty-three top tens, you know, <laughs> in his time on the PGA Tour. Um, but obviously, he's you know not the the household name. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's forty now as well. But yeah, I mean, his, his last win was the Shriners Hospital for Children Open, um, 
in the 2020-2021 season. Um, an event he's actually won twice. He's also yeah. won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Incredible. The Lairo Texas Open. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like he's winning small tournaments. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're all well-known events on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, this um, is a, this is a, if, if, if Carlsberg did tangents, this would be an absolute, this would be a tangent, wouldn't it, on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> talking about Martin Laird. It wasn't where we expected it to no. plan this morning, but, um, no. but no, like I say, you know, he's, what, another of the, the names that are, like I said, Billy Horschel, 116. Yeah. Jimmy Walker, of course, major champion, 122nd. Um, Scott Stallings, Eric Van Royen, um, Cameron Champ, Russell Knox, another Scott who mm. seems to pop up every now and then um, with a result, um, and then of course one of our favourites, uh, Sweden's Ludwig Edeberg. Oh, of course, um, he's 146, and you know a win this week would, mm. I've had it without having to bump him up completely. Um, I think a win would actually probably be enough mm. for someone. Well, like I think Ludwig because. Edeberg. The FedEx Cup is obviously in in nowhere near in any prestige compared to the majors. Like you can win ten FedEx Cups and win all, win all the money you want, but obviously you'd rather obviously win one major. But this dynamic of the top seventy and the top fifty and the top thirty into the last few weeks of the of, of the season it is it is a fun dynamic. Um, I mean, I've never got that. Um, we've. I've never got that excited about the FedEx Cup. Like last season, um, when Rory chased down Scotty Scheffler, that that was pretty exciting. Um, and I quite like I quite like the staggered start of the um, of the Tour Championship. I think that's actually quite a good idea um, because then you're not counting up points. You know where, where everyone stands, and that is a brilliant dynamic of this week with the Wyndham. You know you have play you have players on the cusp that. Um, need to make a birdie or need to make a need to make a par on the last hole to get into the top seventy, and you know you, you just know this week there'll be storylines on Sunday and Monday that will be like oh he's made a double bogey he's fallen out he's, he's finished he's finished seventy first in the in the FedEx Cup standings and 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 they'll miss out you know it, you know you'll, you you know you'll get some stories like that and it's just it's gut wrenching purely because you've got more money. I know we shouldn't care about the money, but it is big for these players, and it, and it's um, even bigger because of get because of getting into these these events next year, bump up the priority and getting yourselves into these events. And I just think, as I said, the FedEx Cup is not a major in the slightest, um, but it's certainly got a big intrigue, and it starts at the Wyndham Championship this week, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, and you mentioned that bubble. Um, there are a lot of players on that bubble. One names we've mentioned: JT, Shane Lowry, Danny. Mm. They're going to miss. Some of them are going to miss out, aren't they? Yeah, names you would expect to be in the FedEx Cup players and to be challenging for the FedEx Cup. You know, mm. um, it's you know, I, I love, it's just it's surprising, you know, mm. to see these names down there. I mean. You know, Billy Horschel, 116th, but 47th in the world rankings. You know, uh, uh, Adam Scott, 39th in the world rankings. JT, 24th. Shane Larry, 31st. Yeah. You know, they're all high up in the rankings, but it's just not been a great. Hideki, he's 56th. Could drop out. You never know what might happen. Mm, you, yeah, you don't, you don't, do you? 29th in the world. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great, it's a, it's a fun dynamic to have this week. 
Um, although it's not one of the elevated events, it's not a major, obviously. But the Wyndham Championship always has this significant sort of spot in the schedule where um, players are vying, are vying, uh, and, and desperately vying for places for the top seventy. So I can't wait to see how it transpires. Um, and you just know there's going to be some sort of mad storylines um, on Friday. Say if a player needs to make the cut to get into the top seventy, and they double bogey, or they bogey, or they find the water, or they, or they in fact make it. They make they make four birdies in the last five holes, and um, and get into and get into the weekend. So it's going to be exactly. massively. It's going to be so. It's going to be so fun. I mean, that is fun for the players. They probably crap in their pants the whole, the whole week. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so for yeah. this week. Having just looked at the FedEx Cup points distribution list, this class is um, there's a PGA Tour event, obviously. Um, 500 points for the winner, mm-hmm. 300 points for second place, um, and then 190, 135, 110, 100, and so on, um, all the way down. Obviously, there will be, you know, um, added up and split for any ties, as same with prize money. Um, Obviously, 500 points means a lot of players mm. could make it in. Um, Austin Ekro is currently 70th on 594, so there's you know, a lot down there. Um, but the likes of Jimmy Walker has 294, so he's exactly 300 behind, so he knows he really needs to finish. Right, I see, yeah. And hope Ekro, and obviously then those below Ekro also don't make the cut, and so on. Mm. But yes, yeah, so obviously, the, the la- having 500 points on offer means... That everyone technically down to Nick Watney, who's 191st um, in the Fed's standings, has a chance of making it through because he currently has 96 points, so 498 less than the current cutoff. Um, but like I say, this makes it it's another fun dynamic um, that the Wyndham Championship has as the yeah, final event. Yeah, of the regular I think season. it's yeah, I think it's underrated dynamic. Um, well, I'm certainly forward to looking for. I'm certainly looking forward to watching it. Um, but I'm not sure how much I will watch of it because I'm going on holiday tomorrow for a week. Um, which yeah. I cannot wait for. I'm going. I'm going to. We're flying to Malaga. I'm going to Ben Al Medina. Um, Lovely. I know. I know. I can't wait. To be fair, so I'll, I'm going. You, you'll be in the hands of Steve all week. An exciting prospect, no doubt. Looking forward to it. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> A big week on the PJ Tour, as it always is. Um, I'll be trying to tune in on my sunbed by the pool with my sunglasses on and my sun cream slapped on my head. And yeah, Rub it in. <laughs> I'll be rubbing my sun cream, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I realise what I said. Yeah, the, 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 sl- the slam left. The slam would be very different. Be, might be you and Steve, might be you and Tom, might be um, slam. Slam will be chibbersless for the first time in the last few months. Well, well, we. Uh, but there'll still be a mat. There'll still be a mat, won't there? Those heights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, cheers, mate. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. Cheers. Cheers.